Goedemorgen, Rabbi Sai. Bezer Hashem. We will discuss now a little about Torah and about Tefillah. Of course, each one of these subjects, Torah and Tefillah, is a bottomless ocean. These are really two of the three Yisoides, the foundations of the world. Al-Shloisha Dvorim Ha'olam Oimeid, Al-Toira V'Al-Avoida, which is Tfilah, V'Al-Gemilas Chasodim. These are the Yisoides, the foundations of the creation and of course of the worship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the Avedas Hashem, of every person in particular. But we'll just try <coughs> this evening, Bezer Hashem, to point out several nekudas, several points about Torah, the importance and the greatness of learning Torah, and then about Tefillah, many, some points, a few points, Allah Now, when we talk about Torah, we must know that there are two parts in the union of learning Torah. Number one, learning Torah is a mitzvah in the Torah, one of the 613 commandments that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us, that every Jewish person, every Jewish man, is mechuyiv to learn Torah. Learning Torah is the simple act of studying Torah, thinking divrei Torah, and every moment that a Jew learns Torah, he's mekayim amidst of the Torah. The chiyuv, the obligation of learning Torah, really, lahaloche midoiraise, is to learn Torah whenever we have time. This is the midst of learning Torah. Now, <clears throat> it's something which it's hard to comprehend and to realize the Torah should give us such a chiyuv. We have a chiv in the Torah, let us say, to eat matzah lel pesach. The mitzvah of matzah is to eat a kezayas, and when you finish your kezayas, you makai mitzvah's matzah, and you makai the mitzvah. On Pashashana, the mitzvah of Tekiah's shofar, you have to hear midirais the 30 koilas of shofar, let's not go into the particulars at this moment. And when you heard the Tekiah's shofar, you makai the mitzvah, this is the commandment of shofar. On Torah, we say every day, Elu dvorim she'enem shiur. Torah has no shiur. In other words, the chiv of Torah, in its, in its halacha and its chiv, in the law of learning Torah, is that every moment a person has time, he's not busy in his business bringing parnasa for his family, he is mechuyiv midaraisa to learn Torah. And this is the bracha that we say 
אשר קידשנו במצווי סוב וציוונו לעסוק בדברי סוירה. דרך הקדוש ברוך הוא קמנד אס במצווי סוב, אני קמנד אס לעסוק בדברי סוירה. And we add a tefillah. V'ha'arev no Hashem elokeinu. As divrei seiroscho b'finu u'fiyas amcho b'is Yisrael. We ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please Hashem, make the words of Torah sweet in our mouths. As divrei seiroscho b'finu u'fiyas amcho b'is Yisrael. And we finish, we say, Baruch Ato Hashem, ha'malameid Torah li'amo Yisrael. Now, really, you don't find any other mitzvah with this conclusion. When we say, It's not an easy thing to become mitzvah tefillin. To have kosher, real kosher tefillin is pretty complicated, and this is not our discussion. And we don't add by saying, Hashem, be mazmin me, I should have kosher tefillin. And it should be on the right place, and I should have the right kavone. Only on Torah, we have this addition, <coughs> And maybe the reason is, <coughs> because when we say, Hashem, Kedushonu, B'mitzvoysov, V'tzivonu, Lasek, B'divrei Torah, Really, we pause <coughs> and we say to ourselves, how are we making this mitzvah? We all know, and <coughs> most of us sitting here know, how hard it is to learn Torah. Many times, we want to learn Torah. We open the Gemara. We open a Sefer. Our eyes start, you know, wandering When a person sits down to learn Torah, all of a sudden he realizes that maybe his head hurts him, maybe something else hurts him, maybe he's thirsty. He realizes that, he's, <laughs> that, he, that he has a, a, an important call to make. What is the explanation? When we say, We are commanded to learn Torah. How does a person come about to enable himself to Mekayim, the midst of Talmud Torah, with this complete halacha? And the answer is, V'ha'arev no Hashem alukeinu, es divrei seros chobefinu. With this tefillah, when a person acquires, that Torah becomes sweet in his mouth. And this really <coughs> is not simple. It's a greatness that a person acquires by diligently learning Torah. When a person learns Torah and diligently learns and spends consecutive hours of learning Torah, he reaches this madrega of the sweetness and the beauty of Torah. And this is the way to Mekai Mitzvah's Talmud Torah. Baruch HaTo Hashem HaMalameid Toiro Le'amo Yisrael. This is the first part of the mitzvah of learning Torah. The commandment and the mitzvah of learning Torah. Then there's a second bracha, because there is something very, very special about Torah. 
as we had mentioned, firstly, Torah is one of the set of the 613 mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah in the Torah of mezuzah, there's a mitzvah of Torah of eating matzah, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to do chesed, and there's a mitzvah to learn Torah. But then, there is something very, very special about Torah. When a person learns Torah, besides the fact that he's Mekayim, a mitzvah of the Torah, Torah, <coughs> now, the Eilom, my, my audience will excuse me that I, I'm stopping and I, my, my, my words, my, <coughs> my, my way of, explana- of explaining is pale and, and, and to, to, to try to express what I'm trying to bring out. It's something that we're taught. When a person learns Torah, Kaviyochl, it's a hug and a kiss with Hashem is Baruch. It's an exciting moment in a person's life that there is no moment and there's no possibility that a person in any situation of serious Nefesh, of love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Dveikus, should reach this epitome of Dveikus of when a person is sitting and learning Torah. Chazal tell us, Ki Hashem yiten chokhmo mipiv das utvuna. Chazal tell us that when a Jew learns Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shoyne In other words, never was there a metzius that a Yiddish kind, a Jewish child, which is all of us, should learn Torah, that at that moment, there shouldn't be a moment of Ashreyas Hashchina, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us, and learning with us in unity in Chavrusa. Chazal tell us that when <coughs> Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua were sitting at a bris mila, and they were all G'dayli Yerushalayim, and they were busy with Shiris V'Sishbachis, of course, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Rabbi Lezer said to Rabbi Yeshua, they are busy with their business, which is a beautiful business, and we are busy with our business. And they were learning Torah in the correct order, and the words were smechim were with filled with happiness. A fire came down and engulfed the house. And it was the house of <coughs> Avua, one of the Tanoim. And he came and said, you came, to cons- you came to burn my home. Would you bring this fire? And they said, we didn't bring a fire. We were learning Torah. Min Torah min Levim. Levim leksuvim. Vayu advarim smechem kinesinasa mesinai. When the Jewish people learned Torah, wasn't there a fire? So here also there's a fire. Now, Tachazal is telling us a very simple fact. <clears throat> when the Jewish people, on that very famous sixth or seventh day of Sivan, and there was Koilus Ubrakim Va'onankovet Alohar, and there was Ashrayas Hashchine, and there was Eish Choyshach Onon Va'arofel. And the greatness of Maimon Har Sinai, what created that wonderful moment of Matan Torah? 
Now we think, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give us the Torah, so there was a creation of the phenomenon of, of Maimon Har Sinai. The truth is just the opposite. When Am Yisrael learned Torah on that sixth day of Sivan, the Metzias of Torah learning brought about the whole phenomenon of Maimon Har Sinai. And Chazal tells us a thousand years later, when a Belezid of Yeshua sat and learned Torah, with the beauty and the completeness that was then, the Maimon Harsin repeated, repeated himself. And the truth is, every Jew should know that every one of us, when we sit and learn Torah, when we do other mitzvahs, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful, it's, it's a, it's, again, the word wonderful, it's a moment of holiness to do a mitzvah of Hashem. When we learn Torah, the difference between our Torah and the Torah of Rebbe Lezev Rebbe Yehoshua and the Torah of Maimon Har Sinai is that our eyes are blind to see the greatness of the Maimon of what is really going on around us. But if Chazal tell us that when we learn Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shoy we must realize in truth at that moment there is Koyleus who broke in the Eish and there is the whole phenomenon of Maimon Har Sinai. It's just that our eyes are short-sighted to see the greatness of the moment of a word of learning Torah. And these are the two brachas. The first brach is, Asher Kiddushonu, B'mitzvoysav, V'tzivonu, Lasek B'divrei Torah. There's a mitzvah and a commandment to learn Torah. And then there's a very special bracha, Asher Bukhar Bonu Mikol Ho'ami. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was Boicher picked us out from all nations. V'nosan lonu, and he gave us as Torah soy. He gave us his precious Torah. The precious Torah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyochel is called Shashua Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kaviyochel, Kaviyochel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's enjoyment. Kaviyochel learns Torah with us Bechavrusa. Baruch HaTo Hashem, Noisein HaTorah. And we don't say, no son Torah, you once gave Torah. But the phenomenon of Har Sinai, no saying it happens to every Jew. Every Jew enjoys every single day when he learns Torah. And these are two points in learning Torah. The mitzvah of Torah, the chiv of Torah, and the very special excitement, the very special dvekus, the closeness, the embrace that a Jew receives from HaKadosh Baruch Hu when he is learning Torah from the mouth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyoch. Now, <coughs> we mentioned <coughs> this afternoon, this evening, Shalashudas, the Tonad of Eliyahu. Eliyahu Anavi says, when we think about learning Torah, now I would think that someone learns a little bit of Torah, and someone learns a lot of Torah, they should be equal. And the question was posed, why should I think that someone has a little bit of Torah and someone has a lot of Torah, they should be equal? And today in Shalashudas, I try to explain what I think is more close to Pshat. But maybe in deeper thinking, there is a deeper message over here. Because if 
learning Torah. If when a person is zeichet to learn Torah, if he learns that one blat gemara, if he learns that one toisvis, if he reads that one kapitel to Hillim, and actually he gets an embrace and he gets a kinyan in HaKadosh Baruch in Hashem Yisbarach. And Chazal used such wonderful language. Chazal say, Odom, Hanoisein, Hamoicher Chefetz Lachaveiroi. If a person sells something to his friend, Klum, Yochor, Limker, Ba'olov, does he sell the owner? Imagine I sell you a car. I have an old, I have a, a car, a new car, an old car, no difference for the marshal. And you give me $3,000, and I give you the keys, and you say, why are you giving me the keys? So I say, don't you want to drive the car? So you say, aren't you going to drive it for me? So I said, you think I'm going to become your chauffeur? For $3,000 you bought the car and you bought me? Odom moicher chefetz lachaveroi. Klum yochol liknes es ba'olov. You think for your few thousand dollars you're going to buy my car and you're going to buy my own self? Avol HaKadosh Baruch. When he gives Torah to Yisrael, he says, When you are koine, a piece of Torah, you are koine the Torah with the noisen HaTorah, with the giver of the Torah. You actually have a kinyan on HaKadosh Baruch And that's why Torah is something which is called a kinyan. Memches Zavarim Shatayr Niknus, you have a Kenyan in Akkadish Borch Kavayochum. So the Yohanavi says, Odom, she learns a little bit of Torah. And he has a Kenyan in Hashem Isborach. What is there to add by learning more Torah? Imagine, let's bring a Moshal. Imagine if I <coughs> go into a store. I don't know how to, how to bring the mushroom. And the store is full, stocked full, floors and floors of furniture, appliances, a lot of schayre, beautiful schayre. And I go and I buy a piece of furniture. My friend buys 20 pieces of furniture. The difference between us. But if I go and I buy, I don't know what it means, I buy the owner. I have a king in, in the owner of the, of the store. You got everything. You got it all. So the owner of it says, if you learn a little bit of Torah, and you learn a lot of Torah, how could you differentiate? You grasp Hashem Yisbarach. You have Hashem Yisbarach. You have everything. You have eternity. What is it to add on eternity? Baruch HaMokim Baruch Hu says, Believe on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every time you learn Torah, over and over again, all this greatness, and all this endlessness, and all the eternity, over and over again, and that is the special phenomenon of learning Torah. <clears throat> now, when we learn Torah, there's a very special greatness, as we had mentioned, in every word of learning Torah. But then there is another halacha in learning Torah. There is halacha that Torah has a completeness. Mitzad Echod, on one side, as we had mentioned, one blood Gemara is a greatness. One capital Tehillim is a Shleimus, is a completeness. Eliyahu says, if you learned a little bit of Torah, and you got a hold of Hashem Yisbarach, you have everything. 
On the other hand, there is another shleimus on the completeness of Torah. It's extremely important for every one of us to have a she'ifa, to be a Talmud Chochem. Now, on this side of the Mechitza, of course, this is one of the yearnings of a Jew to be a Talmud Chochem, to know Torah, to be a Boki in Torah, to have an appreciation for Torah. On this side of the Mechitza, it's also important to have an understanding in Torah. Torah should talk to me. Torah should be interesting. Vaharev no Hashem elokeinu es divrei seidoscha b'finu. A posseh should be sweet in our mouths. Now how do we acquire this greatness of, of shleimus of a Talmud Chochem? And the answer is, <coughs> the strongest way to acquire it is by consecutively learning Torah. The Chazanish writes in his beautiful language, I'll quote in Hebrew, then I'll translate it. The best, the best of my ability. He says, <clears throat> When you start to learn for a moment, and you stop in the middle, Many times you have disturbances in the middle of learning. This is a key, in other words, you are creating toyu voidness, efes, nullness, hevel, veaheder. And it says like, 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 like putting seeds into the ground and spilling water to uproot it. And the greatness and the beauty of Torah is when you have consecutive learning. And the Me'iri, in a place in, in, in Mishle, he says, the beauty of Hasmada, he says, when you learn Torah for an hour, and if you say, designate, let's say, to become a Talmud Chochem, it takes you, let's say, he says, 10 years. It's not like every other art. It takes you 10 years to build a building. The first year you built the 10th, one floor. The second year you built another floor. After 10 years you built 10 floors. But every year you did, you, you did uh, the, the, this percentage, 10%. He says, by Torah, it's not like that. In the beginning, he says, you have a little bit. And then it doubles. And then it doubles over and over and over again. I don't know if anybody, I'm, I don't know too much mathematics. But if you take a number and double it and double it and double it, two, four, eight. If you go to 30, 40, 50, you come into the hundreds of millions. Because Torah has a knack that when you double it, it grows and it explodes greatness and greater and greater. And this is how you acquire, acquire Torah is sweet in our mouths. Because when a person diligently learns Torah, and it's extremely important for both sides of the Mechitzah, on this side of the Mechitzah to know the greatness of consecutive learning. And this side of the Mechitzah to know when... <coughs> When, when the, someone is learning Torah, to interrupt, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's to, you, you, cut, you, cut, you cut the whole consecutiveness in half. The beauty and the greatness and the depth that you acquire of Torah comes through the dedication of diligently learning consecutive hours. And this is what makes greatness, this is what makes the Talmud Chochem.
Also, we know Torah is the neshama of the world. The Nefeshachayim says it in so many words. If there will be a moment that no one in the world will be learning Torah, then the world would be Toyu Vavoyu. Torah is what creates Hashorayas Hashchinah. Torah is what brings HaKadosh Baruch Hu to our world. Torah is the 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 Maizadik Nefesh Chaya of our world. Now, <clears throat> to continue our subject and to go from subject to subject, these two parts of Torah are also in Tefillah. Tefillah has very two very clear parts to it, the same as Torah. Just like Torah has a midst of learning Torah, and there is the dvekus, the excitement, the closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu of learning Torah, the same is true in Tefillah. Tefillah has two parts to it. One part, Tefillah is a mitzvah. According to the Rambam, it's a mitzvah every day, a person, a Jew, man or woman, has to daven at least some part of a tefillah. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. According to the Ramban, the mitzvah, the raisin, as commanded in the Torah itself, is not necessarily once a day, but whenever a person is be'est sir, when a person's in trouble, and it happens pretty often to many of us, there is a mitzvah of, in the Torah to pray to Hashem. And it's a chiyuv. The Rabbanon came, our rabbis came, and they gave us an additional mitzvah of shachris, mincha, mariv. To be explicit, who are these great rabbis who gave us this mitzvah? Avraham Avinu, very famous personality in Judaism. Tiken tefillas shachris. Yitzchak Avinu, tiken tefillas mincha. Yankif Avinu, tiken tefillas arvis. And in those days, Avraham Avinu did not yet prepare our Siddur. Anshek Knesset HaGadoyla came. These were 120 Zikanim. From them were many Nevi'im. There are many famous names within them, such as Ezra, Nehemiah, Mordechai from, from the Megillah, Zerubovel. And then with list one was Shimon HaTzadik. And they created our wonderful Siddur. And this is the chiyuv of tefillah, that every person is mechuyiv, every man for sure, every woman should ask her of, I'm not coming to Paschal Shailas, to daven, to daven to Hashem. Besides, there is the excitement, the dvekos, the moment, the precious moment, that a person is zeche to daven to Hashem. And this is a moment of dvekos, it's a moment of closeness, and the Ramam says, and the Ramam says that the mitzvahs that we have, and he designates tefillah, he says, The dvekus, the, 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 the dvekus bepoal, the actual dvekus closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is through our minds, when we have the realization and we realize and we feel that we're talking to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, our Kodesh Baruch Hu is with us, at that moment, 
It is an actual moment of dvekos, of closeness. There's a communication between us and Hashem. And again, in tefillah there's two parts. There's the mitzvah of tefillah, and there's the exciting moment of dvekos, that a person is zeicher when he talks to HaKadosh Baruch. Now, just like Torah <coughs> is the neshama of all the world, the same is true as tefillah. Just like if there will be a moment when the world will be void of Torah, nobody will be learning Torah. That moment, chas v'shalem, the world would be absolute toyu v'avoyu. It's like a neshama that just snapped out, then the person dies at that moment. If the world would be void of Torah, there wouldn't be a world. The same is true of tefillah. I don't know how to describe it. If there will be a moment, Rabbi Sai, a tranquil moment in creation, let us try to imagine it. A moment that no one has anybody troubles. No one has a headache. And no one has problems of parnosa. Everyone has the right chavrusa. Everyone has the tie that he was really looking for. She has the dress that she really wants. There's no chavis in the bank. The bank covers all your checks. And a moment, a tranquil moment. The children are good. They're not cranky. The teachers don't call up at night and hack you a cup. A wonderful moment of tranquilism. And all the world, a moment of happiness. And no one is crying to Hashem. At that moment, if there will be such a possibility, <coughs> the world would turn into Toyova volume. The world would absolutely become now disintegrated. What keeps the world going in its in its sim- simple ruach chayim is Torah and tefillah. These moments of yearning, Hashem, please help me. I'm in pain. I'm in trouble. I need this. I need that. Major situations in life, minor situations in life. These are tefillahs, tefillahs, tefillahs to Hashem. I will ask the audience to, excuse me if I stop to put something in parentheses. <coughs> Alright, you'll, you'll excuse me. The Gemara says, in Masech Tessuki, which we had learned not long ago in Dafayemi, I think many of you who are up to that are really... Diligent Dafayemi. I'm a little behind, so I just finished. We just finished Sukkah. I'm, I'm just uh, <coughs> halfway through Masechtas Beit. So. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, when he came to the Beis Hamikdash, the Simchas Beis Hasheiva, he would juggle eight Shalheves. Shalheves is how do you say it in English? Torches. And time of Simchas Beis Hasheiva, Rabbi Gamliel was a genius juggler. He would take eight torches and he would juggle them. This was the stunt that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel did by the Simchas Beis HaSheva. Very interesting. Then the Gemara says, Levi was a Talmud of Rabbeinu HaKodesh. He would juggle eight knives. When he was in front of Rabbi, Rabbeinu HaKodesh, he would take knives and he would juggle them. Shmuel was 
Also, the great sage Shmuel Rabbeinu in Shas is either Rav or Shmuel. When he was in the front of the Persian king, he made a stunt. He took eight glasses of wine and he juggled them. All right? Abaye, which is around, let's say, it's number 80 or 90 or 100 years later, in front of his Rebbe, Rabbi, Rabbi Bar Nechmeni, he would juggle eggs. Took eight eggs and juggled one, and none, none was broken. And the Gemara says, he was only to do four. Very interesting Gemara. You ever learned the Gemara, Rabbi Sain? I'm sure you heard about the Gemara. What's the Gemara teaching us? <laughs> Rabbi Shimon Galil used to juggle eight torches. Levi juggled eight knives. And <clears throat> Shmuel, in front of the Persian king, had it, we used to make a stunt. He would juggle eight glasses of wine. And Abaya would juggle eight eggs. And some say he was only able to juggle four. Now, this is a, this is a mystery, this Gemara. And I don't think I'm going to do justice to tell you Pshat in the Gemara. But just to stop for a moment in the middle of my drusha, to tell you with Vartaira, what's this juggling business? What's this about? To juggle torches and to juggle knives and to juggle glasses of wine. I think the Pshat is as follows. You know what? I'm going to continue and then I'll explain it a little later. To keep you into, how do you say it? In suspense. As I was saying, when, if the world would come to a moment of tranquilism, that there would be no cry to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At that moment, the world would be destroyed. Chazal tell us, way in the beginning of creation, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, on the third day HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Tadashei Ha'oretz Deshe, that the world should be, should, that the, the earth should sprout grass, and Deshe includes grass and trees, f- fruits and vegetables, everything that sprouts from the earth. And Chazal tell us, the Pasuk says, V'choyel siyach hasode, even though Hashem said, everything grew within the earth till the Pesach HaKarka, till the door of the earth. Or the Mauritian came out, was created on the sixth day, he saw an absolute desert. There was nothing green on the face of the earth. And the Pesach says, why? Hashem because there was no rain. In order for something to grow, when Hashem said, Tachi the rain had to come. Why was there no rain? And Rashi says, because there was no Odom, there was no man. And when Odom Rishon came, and he went out in the face of the earth, and he saw a desert, and he said, He was mispalel. He gave prayer to Hashem, the first rain came down and everything started sprouting. In other words, way in the beginning, on the origin of the world, nothing was able to grow without tefillin, 
without prayer. And <coughs> history tells us that after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, there were Asura Haruge Malchus. There were ten greatest sages of all times of Judaism. The most famous of them was Rabbi Akiva. The famous Rabbi Akiva and nine others, greatest sages of the Jewish people. And Chazal tell us that the only time in history that there were a, a community of ten great people on this caliber was the ten sons of Yaakov Avinu. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zvulun, until not including Yosef and Binyamin. These ten sages were, had the greatness as the, as the ten Shvot. And when Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the Kohen Godel, and Chazal tell us that when there was Xerah, when the Xerah was, 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 was decreed, Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel went up to heaven. He said to Shem HaMafurish, went up to heaven. And he met the Malach Gavriel. And Gavriel said, is this you? Are you? Are you Yishmoel Koyen Godel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavayochul boasts with you every day and says that I have a precious child in this world that his beauty is just to say the words is like Kavayochul, like Hashem's beauty Kavayochul, Kavayochul and when Yishmoel Koyen Godel was being put to death by the Romans, by the Rishoyim and Chazal tell us that he was tzoak tzooka achos. When they reached the place of the tefillin, and they skinned his, his face, and he reached the place of tefillin, and he saw the mitzvah of tefillin which was being taken away from him, and he screamed, and Chazal said, and the heavens and the earth trembled. And then he screamed one more scream, and the malachim cried to Hashem, zu this greatness of, of Rabbi Shmuelka in Godel, this greatness of Torah, this is the reward. The Yotzah Baskoil, and a heavenly voice went out and said, Im Eshmakoil Echod, we say this twice a year, in Tisha B'o we cry, and on Yom Kippur we say this. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Im Eshmakoil Acher, if I will hear one more cry, I will destroy the world, Bring it back to Toyuba Voy. Now this is a puzzle. What did Hashem say? The Malacha came and said, Why? Why such a decree? Why such a why such exerit? And what did Hashem say? If I hear one more scream, I will destroy the world. Why? It's a tiny. They're right. Zutoyvazuschara. didn't say that you're wrong. And the answer was as follows. This, this historical moment of Asayah Hurege Malchus was a very crucial moment in the Jewish people. When there was a Beis Hamikdosh, the Beis Hamikdosh was, was every day was karbonus to Hashem, sacrifices to Hashem. Sacrifices mysterious nefesh. A person that brought a korban this was a yearning, a tefillah, mysterious nefesh to HaKadosh Baruch This is avoid. This is worship to Hashem. 
This is what kept the world going. When the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, this worship, this Reich Nichoyach, these Tfilas, this Avoida stopped. And the world, instead of crying to Hashem, instead of crying with Tfilah to Hashem, as we had mentioned, to give substance to the world, the world is very tranquil. Because the world felt, Jewish people felt, we have something as great and as precious as Beis HaMikdosh. And Chazal tell it us, Godol Mises Sadikim Kuchurim Beis Excuse the expression, but who needs a Beis HaMikdosh? We have a Rabbi Akiva. We have a Rabbi Shmolka and Godol. We have Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. We have Rabbi Yudah Ben Bova. Could you imagine today, if in our generation we'd have ten Chofetz Chaims, if we have ten Rabbi Kiva Egers, if we have ten Baal Shem Tavs, ten Vilna Goyans, what beauty the world would, would, would take. And the world was in danger of just being destroyed. Because the worship of Beis HaMikdash wasn't anymore. And the world felt we have great tzaddikim. And Am Yisrael sat at their feet and learned Torah. And were happy. And the world was in a sakana of becoming toyu vavoyu. What did Hashem do? Hashem had to save the world by inflicting such a tragedy. The greatest tragedy of all history. That should bring out such a cry. Such a scream, such a, such a yearning to Hashem that will guarantee the continuation of the world till the end of days when Mashiach comes. Until today, every Yom Kippur and every Tisha B'Av, every Jewish eye that becomes moist, when we read the story of Aser Hurige Malchus, and this is what keeps us Alive and continuing in our Jewish pursuit to Mashiach, these tefillahs and these gaguim and these yearning to Hashem. And in the middle, Rabbi Shmuel screamed out to Hashem, and the Malachim said, Why such a decree? And Hashem said, You're right, Rabbi Yisai. You're right, this is undeserving. Im Eshma Kol Acher. If I'll hear one more scream, I... tragedy should not come about, but the world will become terrible. There won't be what should continue the world. It's not a punishment. It's just a fact. It's just, it's just, there won't be what to continue the world. Because what keeps the world going are our screams, our cries. Every one of us, and our own private problems, and our public problems, when we, we look to Hashem, and we ask for Hashem's help, this is what keeps us going, and this is what brings happiness to the world, this is what brings continuation to the world, this is what brings parnasa to the world, this is what brings bracha to the world, our everyday tefillahs. And if there will be a moment that these tefillahs would not exist, the world will become destroyed. And this is, just like Torah, is the nishmas chaim of the world, this is the way the mechanism how the world works. We give up a tefillah, 
And a Kodesh Baruch brings rain. And what grows from the rain? An apple. An apple grows from the rain. And takes the apple. Baruch atah Hashem alokeni melecho ilam. Beri pri ho eitz. Atfilatu Hashem. That we want a more bracha. And again, comes more. And we go, we send it back up to Hashem. And it goes down more. And that's what Abishim and Galil did in the Beis HaMikdash. He took Shalheves and he juggled. He said, you know what, the, let me show Hashem what the world is. The world is a juggle. You throw up to Hashem and then you get back. And then you throw it up again, you get back. You throw it up and get back. And this was the beautiful Ebshim and Gamliel that he did in the Beis HaMikdash. Levi, just want just put in parentheses, Levi had a very special way of, of doing it. He juggled knives. Because the Gemara said, Levi was... <coughs> was uh, itloi, he became lame. He broke his foot. It was a punishment. And the Gemara says, because once there was no rain in Eretz Israel, and Levi was hitiach dvorm klapi milo. He said things he should not have said. I'm just telling you the Gemara, the Gemara says, that Levi said, you went up to heaven, and you don't look at your children. And he spoke disrespect for the Kaviyochel to Hashem. And Chazal tell us that Levi used to throw knives. His, his shita was what's called in Yiddish to rise in him or to, 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 to rip apart the heavens. With Phyllis, he threw up harsh Phyllis. It's a marshal of knives. Screamed out to Hashem, Where's your Rachmanis? Where's your Rachmanis? And he got, <laughs> and he juggled eight knives. When Shmuel went to Shvar Malka, he went to the Persian king. The Persian king doesn't understand anything. He wants glasses of wine. And Shmuel says, you want glasses of wine? You have to juggle. If you throw up to HaKadosh Baruch a glass of wine, you say, how wonderful you are, how kind you are, you'll get glasses of wine. He juggled eight glasses of wine. And uh, I think we'll leave the end for Abayi, which is very deep, for, for, for a different time. <laughs> I'll tell you just a very, very short. An egg is the only chayfas that we have in our world, which is a complete neshama. There's a little chicken in the egg. An egg is in Neshama. Abaya threw up Masiris Nefesh. He was Moser Nafshi. Elech Hashem Nafshi It's a very special kind of tefillah which is not to be discussed at this moment. A very special kind of tefillah. Masiris Nefesh. He said, Rebbein Shlelem, I give away my Nefesh to you. And he juggled eight eggs. I'll call upon him, coming back to our subject. <coughs> Again, tefillah is of, of, is an essential part of the neshama of the world, just like Torah is the nishmas chaim of the world, and the same way tefillah is the nishmas chaim of the world. Now let us discuss several points in tefillah halacha lemaisa. When we talk about Torah, as we mentioned. There is two greatnesses in Torah. First of all, as we mentioned, every word of Torah. One blood Gemara. Second of all, there is a greatness with the Shlemus of Torah. The same is true as Tefillah. In Tefillah, there are two parts. On one side, we realize that we have a Siddur to Davin Shacharis is a Shlemus. To David Mincha is a Shlemus. To say a lot of Tehillim is a Shlemus. Mitzat Sheni, we must realize 
that one word of tefillin has itself unsurpassed greatness. Now this is mentioned in the Torah. The Torah says, Yaakov Avinu said, I with my sword and my bow, and my bow and arrow. And the Targum says, Becharbi uvekashti, Bitsloisi uvausi. Tfilip and Bakoshe, this refers to Cherev and Keshes. Now, if you take out a sword and you want to, you want to kill somebody, it's very interesting. The Gemara says that when Cain killed Hevel, we all remember first Ritzicha in, in history, the Torah says, And Rashi says, There was a lot of blood spilled. Because no one was ever killed before then. And Cain didn't know where the neshama, how to take out the neshama. He didn't know if he cut the throat or if he cut the hand. And he made all kinds of, he made all kinds of, he, he brought out a lot of breath from heaven until he found the place where the neshama goes out. But, today, unfortunately, the world is more experienced. And you could take a sword, and with one little cut, you can kill somebody. And the same is true with an arrow. If you not, if you don't know how to aim, you might have to throw a thousand arrows until you finally get to your, to your target. But if you know how to aim, you take one arrow and you shoot it straight, and you know that you hit. Now, tefillah has two parts in it. The Gemara says that there was one of the Talmidim of of who it was, I think, Rabbi Kiva, that davened a long Shemun and they say to his Rebbe, Rebbe, why is he davening so long? And Rebbe Kiva said, is he davening longer than Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu was 40 days and 40 nights in Har Sina. The next day, a different Talmud came and was davening a short Shemesra. In a minute, he was finished. And they said, Rebbe, why is it so short? And he said, is he shorter than Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was praying for Miriam, he says, Kale, not a far, no love. Five words he said. A short Shemesra. Chazal telling us there's two kinds of tefillahs. Two very essential points in tefillah. First of all, there's a very special aim of a long shmanesra. Not tafka long shmanesra, but by pursuing a lot of tefillah. If you say a lot of tehillim, if you have to get something, if you want something from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's like a war, like a mulchama. And a mulchama, you have to know you, what your target is and go out and get it. And set up your men and attack and put up a whole fight. And if you are diligent. And you keep on going to pursue your target. You'll make it. If a person needs parnosa, If a person needs good children. If you. How do you say? If you keep on asking Kaddish Baruch Hu, your, ch- your child will be a Talmud Chuch. If you keep on asking Kaddish Baruch Hu, The problem that you have will be solved. There's a very special tefillah called Itur. Vayetar Yitzchok Hashem. Yitzchok stood on this side and Rivka stood on that side and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed until they just pulled down Yankov from the heavens. 
There's another kind of tefillah. When you're in a moment of trouble, you just aim, but give a good aim and a straight shot, all you need is one word. HaKadosh Baruch Hu hears what you're saying. A moment of tefillah. A moment of tefillah is a moment of greatness. And I always say over the Chazal of Menashe, but today I'm going to add something to Menashe. Menashe was historically the most wicked person in history. He was the son of Chizkiyo Melech Yehuda. And Chizkiyo Melech Yehuda Chazal says, Sheker hachein vehevel hayoyfi. Zu doirishu Moshe Rabbeinu doirishu Yeshua. Isho yiris Hashem hitesal Chizkiyo Melech Yehuda. That in his time, every Jew in Am Yisrael was a Talmud Chochem. Every Jew learned Torah. And he had a son, Menashe, who was an absolute opposite of his father. He was a Rosh Gomer. And he was not scared. He said, whoever learns Torah will be, will be put to death. He killed. And Chazal tell us, he killed his grandfather, Yishayahu Hanovi. And Yishayahu Hanovi was a giant. The Torah says, Miles Yerushalayim pale, pale and down. He filled Yerushalayim with blood. The Chazal say, who is this giant that he killed? Yishayahu Hanovi. And in the end, he was the one who brought out the structure of the Beis Hamikdash. And he wasn't an Amoritz, he was a Talmud Chochem. He was a great Talmud Chochem. And he was an Ovid Probably, historically, the most wicked person in the Jewish history. And the end, Chazal tell us that the, the Melech Bovel came and went to war with him, and captured him, and he, he tied him into a copper pot, and he started cooking up the pot, and here is Menashe in a pot, and being cooked, and I would think, you know, it's about time that you realized to do tshuva, and Chazal tell us, he calls out to every Avodah in the island. Look at this genius. You know how many Avodah there are in the world? And I just want to point out the genius. He knew, he didn't have to call twice. He called once and it didn't answer him. He knew that it's not worth anything. He went weiter. He continued. And he called to every idol in the creation. And obviously, when you're in a pot, Avodah doesn't answer you. And in the end, I don't know how long it took him, but he was pretty, he was getting cooked. And he says, I remember that my father taught me. He finally remembered they had a father. That Chizkiyom Melech Yehuda, one of the greatest tzaddikim in history, taught me, Batsar when you're in trouble, and it will happen to you all these troubles. V'shavta Hashem return to Hashem. And he called out to Hashem and said, I'm calling to you, I finish with all the Avaydazars, and I'm calling to you and I say, If you will answer me, and you will save me miraculously, because now you need a miracle, and a big miracle, then I know that you're Hashem. And if not, They're all the same. I called the, the idols, didn't answer you, I called you, you didn't answer. You're all the same. And Chazal tell us, the Malachim was Soigrim Dal They closed the gates of heaven. And they said to Hashem, This is the person that put Atzel and Behechel. 
He put an idol into the Hechel, in the, in, into the Kodesh Kadesh Mavah Kodesh Baruchu. How could you receive his truth? The Chotar HaKodesh Baruchu Chatira. And HaKodesh Baruchu created a special tunnel. Mitachas Kisei HaKovid. And brought him back and received his tshuva. And all of a sudden there was a storm and the path turned over and he flew to Yerushalayim. This is the Chazal. Now, let us just stop for a moment at this Chazal. What was Manasseh's taina? Manasseh says, If you don't save me, then you're also no good. Why should Hashem save you? Let's think for a moment. These idols, all your life you worship them. You caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. You killed your grandfather, Shayahu Hanavi. All the Jewish people learning Torah, you forced them to stop learning Torah. So I would think that your best friend is idols. When you're in a pot, they should come save you. If they don't save you, the sin, they're not worth anything. But why should Hashem save you? When you were so wicked all your life, you did went against Hashem. And when you're falling in the pot, if you at least remind yourself to do tshuva, you finish with all the idols in the world, every disgusting dirt that you find in the world. You went to Him first. And when you called to Hashem with such a chutzpah, why should Hashem save you? And obviously He said a tiny because Hashem, Hashem listened to Him. Hashem appreciated His tefillah. And the answer is, Menashe said a beautiful insight to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Menashe said, If you don't save me today, at this moment, why? Because I'm so wicked, I'm so low, I'm over the fence of your mercy. I'm over the boundaries of your Rachmanis. Which means that your Rachmanis, your mercy, your compassion, has a boundary. If your Rachmanis has a boundary, it's not Hashem. If I know you, Hashem, your compassion, your mercy is endless. And even in my wickedness, you, you, you will save me. And Hashem says, you're right. Because Hashem's Rachmanis is absolutely without boundaries. And this was demonstration to the end of days. That never will there be a Jewish child or any person in the world that will call out to Hashem in the time of need and Hashem won't be there at His side to help Him. And here again we see how long did it take Menashe Shemeneser? I wasn't there at Baisai, but it couldn't take him long because he would have been cooked in another minute. A second of tefillah. He took his arrow and he shot it straight. He said, I know who I'm talking to. I know that you're Hashem and you will answer me. And in these Yarchi Kalas, I say this over almost every time. Today I'd like to add something very beautiful. I, I'm afraid to say it because, you know, I'm not that great. But the Gemara says, Ravashi spoke disrespectful to, about Menashe. And Menashe didn't like the idea. Now, I don't want to talk disrespectful about Menashe. But I say, Menashe was fought Menashe. It's a beautiful greatness what Menashe did. It was a greatness. I would like to just stop for a parenthesis just for a moment. In Sefer Malachim, it's not mentioned that Manasha did tshuva. In Sefer Divrei Hayomim, it says Manasha did tshuva and Hashem saved and brought her back to Yerushalayim. And I once saw, I think, the name of the Sefer Chavos Yoyer. 
He says, why isn't it mentioned in the Sefer Malachim? And he says, because in the Sefer Malachim was written before the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, the second Beis Hamikdash, and the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed al Chatois Menashe, which means that Menashe's Averis still prevailed in the world, and therefore it's not mentioned his tshuva, because his tshuva didn't have its creation yet. In the Sefer Diri Hayomim, when the second Beis Hamikdash was rebuilt, the Torah says Menashe did tshuva. I'm saying this introduction to understand what I'm trying to bring out. Menashe, with all due respects to Menashe, I'd like to tell you another person who, who, who davened. Menashe davened to Hashem, and I said, I know you Hashem, and I know your mercy and your compassion. You must, I know you, you're going to save me. And Hashem saved him. And he said, if you don't save me, then you're not Hashem, chas I'll tell you another story about someone who davened to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu. Did you ever hear of Moshe Rabbeinu? Very famous personality. When Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, you're not going to go to Eretz Yisra. And Moshe Rabbeinu stood and davened 515 tefillahs. Not like Manasseh, one tefillah, a moment of tefillah. 515 tefillahs. And Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told the Malachim, You know, I don't know how it means Baholah. Baholah means run. Now, I don't know how, what it means for a Malach to run. The Gemara says, Michoel Ba'achas. Michoel, he, he, in one skip, you know, one, one jump from the heaven to the earth. Gavriel Bishtayim. Eliyahu Novi Bisholish. So, you know, I don't want to run, you understand? <laughs> Hashem told Michoel and the Malachim, run and close the gates of heavens so that the tefillah of Moshe should not penetrate. Because the tefillah of Moshe was like a sword. Because it was Me'en Shenom of Furish. It was tearing the, the, the heavens. And who is this Rash Godel? And Moshe Rabbeinu davened 515 tefillahs. And in the end, what happened? Hashem did not receive his tefillah. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? The Medjur says, Kivon Moshe. The moment that Moshe saw that Hashem did not receive his tefillah, he said, Hatsur Tomim Pa'oloi. Kichol the Rach of Mishpat, Kele Munovein Ovel Tzadik V'yosherhu. Our friend Menashe said, "Rebbeinu Shalaylam, if you don't answer me, Chas V'Shalom, you're no good." And Hashem answered him. Enjoy it. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Hatzur Tomim Pa'oloi, Kichol the Rach of Mishpat." I'm crying to Hashem. But how and when and where Hashem will answer my tefillin. Whatever Hashem does is for the good. And maybe to put it into simpler language, if Manasha would not have said these words, Manasha would have said, Yubani Shalom, I'm doing tshuva. And instead of saying, 
If you don't save me and bring it back to Yerushalayim, then I'm chas I'm being koifer. And he would have said, I'm doing tshuva. And if you want, bring it back to Yerushalayim. And if not, I can't predict history. But in my eyes, I, I believe, Manasseh would have burnt and that pot and his children would be Makubal. And I believe that the base of Mignesh would not be destroyed. He wanted an outcome. So he, his tefillah was answered. But if he would have done real tshuva, true tshuva, I give myself away to your Ratzin. His destruction that he destroyed by Samigdash, Tshuva could bring back everything. He would have reversed all his wickedness. But he was an Oibachachim. He said, I know you. And you're going to save me. That's not real tshuva. And Hashem received his tefillah and brought him back to Eretz Yisrael. The base of Mikdash was destroyed. In Sefer HaMalachim, it's not mentioned his tshuva. Way later, in Sefer Divrei Hayomim, when HaKadosh Baruch rebuilt Beis HaMikdash, not the same. Menashe did tshuva. I am going from Indian to Indian. Let us review what we learned. Menashe taught us several very important lessons. Never will there be a Jewish child in a time of trouble that calls out to HaKadosh Baruch and if someone says, yeah, of course HaKadosh Baruch answers his tzaddikim. But I'm not deserving. And the answer is, as, as wicked as you are, in all due respect to our wickedness, you're not as wicked as Menashe. Menashe was the most wicked person in history. And he proved once and forever that HaKadosh Baruch Hu korev Hashem l'choyol koyrov, l'choyol emes. And we gave an additional thought today but don't be too smart. We have to give ourselves to Hashem's Ratzin. Hashem knows what is good for us. Hashem knows what we really need. When we ask for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, every moment of tefillah, as we said, has endless capacity. Has endless capacity. But the outcome, Hatsur Tamim Pa'oloi, Kichol Drachov Mishpot, Kele Muna Ve'ein Oval Tzadik Ve'yoshevu. Now, just several little points more about Philip, and we will finish our discussion. Another very important point about Philip is that Philip has in itself two ways of, of power. One way we discussed before, the koyach of Philip when a person's in sorrow, a person's in trouble. And it calls out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every moment of this tefillah has endless capacity. There's another part of tefillah, which we mentioned before. Our precious Siddur. Avram Tikein Tfilas Shachos. Yitzchok Tikein Tfilas Mincho. Yaakov Tikein Tfilas Arvis. Now these tefillahs, Shachos, Mincha, Mairiv. This 
is like, let us bring a marshal. Let's say you have someone who wants to knock down a wall. And he throws a grenade at the wall, and he, the wall explodes and just falls down. Someone else watches and sees, look at this genius. Takes a piece of iron, an iron ball, throws at the wall, the wall falls down. He does the same thing, takes a piece of iron, throws it at the wall, doesn't even make a dent. <clears throat> so he asks, what's the secret? How'd you do it? She says, I didn't take a piece of iron. My iron had dynamite in it. There's dynamite in this iron. <clears throat> it's a grenade, it's a bomb. When we get up in the morning and we dive in shachas, we have to know that we are using Avram Avinu's koyach. Avram Avinu put dynamite into our tefillah's shachas. And many of us daven with very little kavanah many times. Maybe too often. We say that the shachas, we say the brachas, and the and sometimes we make this terrible mistake of thinking, what is this worth our tefillah shachas? Where's the kavanah? Where's the heart? Of course, it's a wonderful thing that with kavanah. But Avram tikein tefillah shachas. We actually are using Avram Avinu's koyach. We are using the dynamite that Anshe Knesset Hagdoyla, these 120 zikenim umehem kamenevim that they infused and they put into Tfilas Shachas. Yitzchok tiken Tfilas Mincha. Yankov tiken Tfilas Arvis. When we get up in the morning, Shleim HaMelech says, don't forget, when you daven, don't forget, Elokim Bashamayim va'atol ha'oretz. Do you know how far it is from Shemayim to Eretz? I'm not going to describe it. Chazal describe it in, in numbers of millions and millions and millions of, of how long it would take for a person to walk. Walking years. Millions and millions and millions of years. Now how do we get from 7 to 7.15? How do we climb to the heavens? And the answer is you take a rocket. Avram Avinu is Odom Godel Ba'anokim. This is an expression of, of Posik and Posik Yeshua. Avin was a giant, just like his grandson was a giant, Yankov Avin. Remember Yankov Avin with that, that ladder, that sulam? And Yankov Avin says, He saw the Kisei HaKovit. And he saw under the Kisei HaKovit, He saw his feet are here and his head is up by the Kisei HaKovit. And he says, I didn't know what greatness I possess. And Avram Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu, these are giants that their, 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 their heads are by the Kisei HaKovit. So we get up in the morning and we have to reach the Kisei HaKovit. We take a hitch by Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu walks by on Twila Shachis. We jump at the Satmer. We catch a minion. And we fly to Hashem Kaviyochul with the power of Avram Avinu. And this is power. This is greatness. When we take a Sefer Tehillim, we are using and infusing Dovr HaMelech's Koyach. Dovr HaMelech is called Dovid Melech Yisrael. The Ramam says, HaMelech who liboy who live Kol Yisrael. In Dovr HaMelech's heart, every yearning, every tefillah that a Jew will ever cry to Hashem is in the Sefer Tehillim. When we say a Pasuk Tehillim, we are using Dovr HaMelech's Koyach. And therefore, it's not primarily essential of how much kavanah we put into the tefillah, 
we put into our Tehillim. Of course, it's essential for the second stage. But actually, our Shachris, our Mincha, our Marif, our Tehillim, that we daven, is not measured by our greatness, is not measured by our heart feelings, is not measured by our way of expressing ourselves. We are using the power of the great giants of the world, Avram, Yitzchok, Yankif, and Dovid. And it's extremely important for us to realize this. Then, there's the other part of tefillah. When a person not necessarily is davening in shul, not necessarily is davening shachras, and a person is in trouble, and happens to us many times during, spotted around the, our 24 hours, and we, we cannot pick up the tilim at that moment. We can't daven shachras at that moment. How do we get to the Kisei HaKovid? And Chazal tell us in these words, as I mentioned before, Chazal give measures, where, where, how high is the Kisei HaKovid? This is a marshal. Min Ha'oret Larakia is 500 years. From each heaven is 500 years. The, the, the width of each heaven is another 500 years. You come to the Chayas HaKodesh, Ragle HaChayas Keneged Kulam. I don't know if you realize the mathematics going on here. Shoike HaChayas Keneged Kulam. Keneged Kulam means every, double, the whole number. And then you have the Chose HaChayas, double the whole number. Ragle HaKisa double the whole number. He comes into millions and millions and millions. And way above Kaviyochul HaKodesh Baruchu, Kaviyochul, Kaviyochul, we cannot conceive these, this Moshul. HaKodesh Baruchu Yoishev Alkisei Rom Veniso. And when a person says, Hoshia Hashem, a person's in trouble, and he says these words, Hoshia Hashem, Korov Loi Minishmas Apoy. HaKadosh Baruch was closer to him than the breath of his mouth, the breath of his nose. Pretty close. At that moment, that a person says, Hoshia Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyochel leaves the Kisei HaKovoit. And as close to you as close can be. And this is the beauty and the greatness of tefillah. These two parts of tefillah. Another very important point of tefillah that the Bezirah Zagulit mentioned today, and with this I will finalize. Many times when we daven, and we daven and daven, and many times we daven, let's say, for someone who is a choyle, and the end is not good. And sometimes we say a lot of Tehillim for a certain purpose. And the end comes out, what we had wanted didn't come about. And we can say to ourselves, Hatsur Tomim Pa'olay, Ki of Mishpot, But sometimes we have a feeling, all those Kapitlach Tehillim, <laughs> they were spilled, were spilled on the floor. I davened that this precious relative of mine should be, come healthy. In the end, Rechbon Islam, something opposite happened. And I say to myself, what happened to all those kapitlach tehillim? This is a wrong, a misunderstanding of the whole concept of tefillah. Every word of tefillah. Just like every, the Pasuk tells us, every geshem, every shelig, everything HaKadosh Baruch brings to the world, has a target. Every word of tefillah has his target. And many times, when we dive into Hashem, and we don't realize 
What happened to our words? HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes these words and puts it into his treasures. And sometimes, years later, all kinds of situations, many times someone very precious to us, it happens very often, someone very precious to us, a car accident, and this person needs to feel it. And you don't even know about it. His relatives don't know about it. He's way out in the stick someplace. And he's in, he's in danger. He needs tefillah. Kaddish Baruch takes one of the tefillahs. A capital tehillim that you said three months ago. That you thought was still on the floor. You thought it was unanswered. Kaddish Baruch picks it and puts it in the right place. Sometimes one of our children is in a situation, he needs a tefillah. And we don't have the realization. We don't give this tefillah. A few months ago, you daven the Shemanesra. A few months ago, you cried to Hashem. A few months ago, a few years ago, you said a few kapitlach tehillim. HaKadosh Baruch every word is precious, is a diamond, is a jewel, is a piece of dynamite. Never is a word of tefillah spilled out. Every word is by HaKadosh Baruch and has his target and has this moment of his greatness. And these are the two greatness that the world possesses, Torah and Tefillah. As we said, on one hand, is a mitzvah of the Torah. Ashrei me, that have, get a time in Torah. Be diligent in Torah till you get a, a, the taste of Torah. There is nothing as delicious when you acquire a taste of Torah. And it's not easy. It needs a lot of practice. And the same is true with Tefillah. How delicious it is when a person gets used to davening. It becomes sweet in his mouth. It's not easy. But a person that trains himself at all times to daven and to daven and to daven until he gets a taste of tefillah. It becomes a pattern of life. And then just like Torah and tefillah is the nisham of the world, it becomes the nisham of the person. And this is greatness. This is what every Jewish person aspires to have this greatness that his Torah and his Tefillah becomes part of him, becomes his lifeblood. And this is one part of Tefillah. And the greatness of a moment of Torah, a moment of Tefillah, this is a moment of Dveikos. This is Kaviyochal and embrace with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every moment a person davens, every moment a person learns Torah, there is something very, very special above all mitzvahs in these two mitzvahs learning Torah and diving to HaKadosh Baruch It's a moment of closeness. It's a moment of dveikus, which is unsurpassed by any other mitzvah. These are the two great foundations of Jewish people. And this is what makes us great. And this is what brings us to our tachas HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us.